coming up. What an excellent day for somnambulism. folks, and welcome to Minute 69 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist, minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so our minute begins with an establishing shot of the outside of Behringer Clinic. And it ends with the doctor considering very carefully before he says what he's going to say next. Wait. Doctors think before they speak in this movie? As Keenan Thompson would say, I don't know about all that. <laughs> but let's get back to the top of this minute here. Yes, we got our establishing shot of Behringer Clinic. This is the name that has been burned into my brain from the book. But I think this is the first time we see it here in the movie. Is that correct? Yeah, it should be. I think it's the first time we hear it. Like we don't have any like uh, foreshadowing of, oh, you know what happens to little girls at the Behringer Clinic or anything like that. Right, right. Yeah. Actually, have they have they spoken? spoken the name yet or are I we just reading it on the sign think we're just reading it okay they're letting us figure it out <laughs> yeah i'm just thinking of like you know uh you know the audience in uh, 1973 baringer click hmm. <laughs> you know it's such an impressive establishing shot that i i had kind of thought like oh this might be a real clinic mm. like the mayo clinic or something and then right, i, right, I yeah. googled it and found oh i've been fooled by hollywood oh wait you oh you actually go so it isn't real no Oh, shucks. <laughs> oh, are you trying to are you trying to book a flight there? I was hoping I could get a picture in front of Beringer <laughs> Clinic. Beringer Clinique. <laughs> oh, man. Well, okay. But yeah, speaking of that establishing shot, yes, folks, it is most definitely autumn here. The colors for this shot are slate gray with some muted orange and green. The sky is that perfect overcast where it's like bright and not bright at the same time. Like this is perfect Halloween weather. You think of Halloween, you think of nighttime, but I feel like the day leading up to Halloween, the sun shouldn't be allowed to shine too much, right? This is how it should be. Like when you're playing outside leading up to Halloween night, I think it should be just like this. I I, I think we've said it before, but in Nevada, mm-hmm. we were very spoiled because Nevada day was a holiday, which was on Halloween, um, mm-hmm. it was October 31st every year. Yeah. So oh, man. Kids, oh, those were the days. Those were, those were the days. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So we open this scene and I I actually laughed. I know I'm not supposed to laugh or, or maybe I am out of frustration or impatience with these doctors. Um, Keenan, we have been to Dr. Klein's. We have been examined. We have done tests. We have been hypnotized. We have undergone pneumo photography. <laughs> We've done that twice, right? Encephalography. Yeah. Right. Encephalography. Yeah. Um, epitome. Uh, <laughs> like we, we did the arteriogram twice, mm. right? Like we've gotten our brain drained and then blown up like a balloon. We've been given shot after shot after shot. And now we're at Behringer Clinic. <laughs> Behringer Clinic, Keenan. And foundation. And foundation. Right? That's what the sign says. <laughs> and the first words of this minute, the first words, even as we are still looking at the sign, are, it looks like a type of disorder. <laughs> and 
I, I don't know why I've decided to give our doctors that accent. Like people, mm-hmm. people actually, okay. So, so I heard uh, uh, elsewhere that people are getting called out now. Um, other podcasters specifically are getting called out now. Whenever they imitate a stupid person, it's just a Southern accent. Well, it must um, be a particular Southern accent, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, right, right, right. Yeah, they right. don't do they don't do Scarlett O'Hara, right? No, 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 stupid no, 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 person, no. right? Right, right. Uh, I don't even know if they're if they're. Um, thinking of it hard enough to like actually put like a specific region to it you know <laughs> they don't do atticus finch right or right, the right. Uh, I, or the uh, the back i'm just a poor country lawyer you don't do that no no no, no. Being stupid right <laughs> no 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 no. i think they're doing like larry the cable guy <laughs> well but 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 that's his but he is character <laughs> yes. i mean like that's his character he's he doesn't right. really talk like that he puts on so i don't know if you, you do you know that about larry the cable guy oh yeah 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 okay, no did. that's not his actual voice no yeah. it's a character he plays so he, so I mean, he's doing so absolutely. guys yeah so guys if you're mad about that if if you're if you're just getting like all oh, oh. <laughs> well dead gummit these people like we're we're smart people you know like blame larry the cable guy because he started it all right, right. jeff foxworthy doesn't sound stupid no, he doesn't. Right. right? No, he, um, he just makes fun of uh, right. other, everybody in other, his family. You know, I, li- <laughs> I I live part of the time in uh, in the South, in Tennessee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's where my boyfriend lives. And I was struck when I moved out there because Vegas and Honolulu and Los Angeles, the three other places I've lived, are very uh-huh. different in that they are – the county is gigantic, yes. right? So, like, like, in the South, it'll be like – you run into someone like, oh, they had a, they had a coffee county driver's license or um, uh, license plate, right? So they had a coffee county mm-hmm. license plate. So you know how those people are. <laughs> they had a, or they had wow. a county because the counties are so small, and so just over over generations, people have developed like stereotypes about these little counties. Just about the counties, wow. Yeah. So I mean, I think that that is something kind of recurring about the South is that mm-hmm. everyone in the South wants to pretend that they are in the best part of the South and everyone else is in the worst <laughs> part of the South. <laughs> just from my experience, having spent time now in Nashville and um. Right. Um, and in Atlanta and, and knowing people in New Orleans and going to visit there, like, like, <laughs> like we're not stupid here and wherever we are, it's, it's yeah. the rest of the South. So there is some kind of like, um, South hating going on in the South for sure. Interesting. Well, I would extend that to, I, I mean, basically the rest of humanity. I mean, like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, I'm, I'm serious. Like, like you go to, you go to, uh, uh, Los Angeles uh-huh. and people are like, well, I'm, you know, well, they would, they would all talk like this and everything is a question. And, um, but they would insist that they're not those people that you see on TV. They're not those stereotypical like Valley Girl or Surfer right. Dudes, right? Now, um, uh, Los Angeles County is gigantic and there's like 9 million people in it or something like yes. that. Yes. But yeah. but but they do, yes, but now they think about it, they do make fun of people in certain parts of LA County like the Valley where you live, right? Yes, right, yeah. Like the joke the joke would be like, "Oh, I'm trying to find a place and I, I can afford a place in the Valley." And like my friends would be like, "Well, I'll never see you again if you move to the Valley because I'm never going there." Yeah. <laughs> so so long <laughs> and that's how we like it everybody else in la stay out but no that's the other thing is like if if i have to go somewhere if i'm um uh meeting up with people um and it's like it's like hey you want to go hang out at this restaurant or we're gonna go have drinks at this place and if it's outside of the valley my answer will most likely be no <laughs> Because if I have to do the 405, mm-hmm. then no, that's the, then I'll probably be in traffic longer than I'm at the place. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so, um, but uh, keeping up with uh, our theme of making fun of people from other places, um, but no, <laughs> I've sort of, for, for some reason, um, I've sort of uh, uh, decided mm-hmm. that uh, uh, our doctors 
uh, talk like hillbillies from Maine, right? For some reason, <laughs> like like they sound they sound plenty smart sitting right. on their porch and smoking a pipe. I, uh, you know, you know that new Stephen King book is out just uh, just came out. Uh, uh, this one's about a Coke machine that eats people instead of quarters. <laughs> and you know, down the road a piece at Barringer Clinic and Foundation, uh, and Foundation. Uh, well, well, I wouldn't go down there if I were you because apparently they got a girl with a disorder. <laughs> I think that that's. That's, that's an accent from The Simpsons that we've just internalized. Oh, really? Yeah, like there's um, in 32, 22 short stories. What is it? 22 short films about Springfield. Oh, okay. Uh, Lisa gets gum in her hair and she gets taken to the barber and, and the barber gives her a bad haircut. But he's like, I'm in the process of fixing it to get the gum out of her hair. And she screams. He goes, ah, what have you done to my hair? <laughs> All right, I know a little girl who's going to be bald without any lollipop. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, there's yeah, there's some there's some main accents in yes, the Simpsons. For sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that makes so much more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And like, I, I was I was basically just imitating. So when when Stephen King um, uh, talks about like his hometown, mm-hmm. um, he uh, he he goes to great lengths, even even spelling words mm-hmm. phonetically, just to uh, I guess just to rib on the uh, on the locals there. And right. and he even like he spells out like that. <laughs> so so he likes to do that. Yeah. Sometimes dead is better. Sometimes dead is better. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. So so that's what all of our doctors sound like here. Um, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah. So okay. So getting back to to what this doctor said. Um, actually, I was fooled, Keenan. I was fooled into laughter. I was surprised by joy, you might say, um, because that's only part of what this doctor says. I didn't even let him finish. Um, <laughs> what, he, what he actually says is, it looks like a type of disorder that's rarely ever seen anymore, except in primitive cultures. Right? Again, we're using like. Are we still using that? Like we don't use that anymore. I very much doubt that they would say that. (laughs) No, we can't be, you know, um, even in the Ah, (laughs) seventies, their culture is not primitive. No, <laughs> their technology is primitive. If anything. Right, right. Their culture. Yeah. Jesus. Um, <laughs> Dr. Berenger. Dr. Berenger. <laughs> With your big office. <laughs> Sheesh. With your big conference table. Yeah. But okay. So, so now as he's saying this, we are treated to a, uh, like a blurry blue. Well, I, I guess, I guess it's supposed to be black and white, but it's very much like this ghostly blue, um, what appears to be footage? Is this a live feed, like from a security camera, or are they watching a tape? Um, you know what? I I was looking at this, comparing it to the script, as we often do, and the script is mm-hmm. from just to remind everyone from December of 1972, so yeah. it is uh, potentially early on. So it's a shooting draft, but they might have made some changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the script, they're not watching any any video, um, huh. and so I think I mean I I I don't know. It feels like this is sort of picked up a little bit um so we see a tv screen with uh yeah this blue black and white thing but i i don't think that they have um i don't think they're actually watching it in the scene i think it's a trick of editing if, if, if that makes sense okay like i don't so, think it's like like dr uh what's his name has uh has brought okay. in a uh, rolled in the tv for for chris to watch this <laughs> that would be very very traumatic wouldn't it actually, <laughs> yes yes i think that i didn't be... even <laughs> i didn't even clock that i didn't even <laughs> consider <laughs> Now, Miss McNeil, um, if you just turn your attention to this uh, this overhead protector, yeah, <laughs> right. You like movies, don't you, Miss McNeil? Oh God! <laughs> Suddenly, he's 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 an evil now. Oh my God! <laughs> right. 
So yeah. I think it is, I think is a trick of editing, but it makes perfect sense. Logic, uh, like emotional logic when you're watching it, like, oh yes, yeah, we've, we've just shown her this, um, but that's not what's happening now. Yeah. So this is, this is the thing they saw before they had the big meeting in the, in what right, we will right. see is the, is the space. Yeah. And Chris, okay. they might, must not have shown this to Chris. No, no. <laughs> here's your, here's your little girl and she's struggling against her, her restraints. Yeah. And we, you could see we're doing nothing to help her attend yeah. her needs. <laughs> <laughs> kind of looks like straight out of a horror movie, doesn't it? <laughs> God. But yeah, I mean, like to that point, like whatever it is, it's very, very effective, right? Like right. we got we got Reagan, as you said, like thrashing around on this hospital bed, like hair is covering her face. Mm-hmm. Um, through the lens of the TV screen, it it, it looks black. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this came before The Ring, but right. it's, it's given me some Ring vibes. Actually, like – you don't think this image might have like inspired the creators of the ring or ringu as it's called in uh, in, in Japanese in Nihongo in Nihongo yeah. <laughs> uh you know I wouldn't be surprised I mean I I don't know I don't know enough about the Japanese version of the ring to be honest there must be someone who, who knows it better but um mm. but like yeah it certainly looks a lot like it right yeah yeah and how do you how do you escape from the the um the Exorcist. The Exorcist. How do you escape from the yeah. scariest movie of all time? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say that there was like there's there's not a there's not a, a an alternate universe like in in all of the multiverses where uh, Japan like this this hasn't you know gone overseas and people are talking about this right like right no the Japanese the Japanese do watch American films in large numbers um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so so it's not like an isolated society at all from like like or like one that like say a couple years ago it was mm-hmm. hard to see american films in china even mm-hmm, right but yeah. no japanese Jap- japan after world war ii has been open and they've been seeing yeah. american films and vice versa oh, um yeah, yeah. my my japanese teacher in high school talked about going you know when she was in um when she was in japan in the 90s um she she was a, an american who had gone over there and mm-hmm. she would she would like watching um american movies that they didn't dub them they would subtitle them which is a uh, Yes. Rather unusual. Like a lot of other countries will just dub over the English. Mm-hmm. So she said that she would watch um, like the Three Musketeers with Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's Kiefer Sutherland and Charlie Sheen, I think. Um, and Tim Curry. Is that the one? I know Tim Curry's in it. Yes. Right. And she would say that, that it was fun that you get to read and see the translation because she spoke Japanese and English. Right. And she'd be able oh. to see that it was called the Three Gun, the three gun Soldiers. Interesting. <laughs> and we were like, what? The Three Musketeers have swords. And she was like, um, Musketeers have muskets, children. Yes. <laughs> They are musketeers. They are musketeers, musketeers. who use their swords. Yeah, they also <laughs> have swords. They mostly use their swords. <laughs> that's the that that's the the subtitle of the title. It's like the three musketeers. <laughs> we also have swords, <laughs> which we mostly use. <laughs> but that's so weird. Like like you hear about the phrase musketeer and you assume it's a sword fighting. You movie. you you think of like like a rapier or something. Right. Like that. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Mm, so anyway, so that's apropos of nothing. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the creators of the ring were influenced by the extras even if they hadn't realized it right yeah yeah it's i mean it, it i think it would be impossible to um look at to, to like pinpoint exactly how many horror movies or just like movies in general mm-hmm. have been affected by this movie i don't right. think you can i don't think that's possible right yeah um but uh like to that point i wanted to uh, uh suggest to you keenan that at some point we talk about uh this movie's reception in other countries like maybe mm-hmm. we can do a whole episode on it or maybe we can just talk about it um you know uh once we've kind of like done our, done our research but i think that would be a fun thing to do oh yeah that's that mm-hmm. that'll take some research uh cause mm-hmm. i'm not yeah i'm not quite sure but uh, yeah yeah but um, i'm curious so that's something that we could do like a little deep dive on yeah, yeah that sounds fun 
Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, from there, we cut to a close-up of Reagan's face, and it is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, she has changed once more. And what I really appreciate here is that even though this feels like a maybe not a new act, uh, but certainly we're in a new section of the film here. Um, whenever I see this thing, uh, whenever I see this scene, I think, okay, here we go. Now it really begins. But what I like is that we're still not given the full on demon th- you know, face Reagan yet, like mm-hmm. even now, right? Even now the transition is still undergoing and it's a weird um, paradoxical thing because even though, like I said, this change uh, stirred within me uh, some sort of feeling like, okay, we're really getting into it now. Mm-hmm. We're, we're past the point of no return. Even then looking at it now, it doesn't look like they added much since last time. The main difference here is, is like the, the scratches on her face. Right. Um, mm. So I, I do listen to our show, <laughs> just, just, uh, just to reiterate to Lester so he believes me. Uh, but um, I, I've, I've started to get annoyed with myself as a character because I feel like in every in every scene I'm like, so this is a new, this is the beginning of a new phase. <laughs> but but I, I so I don't know if that's because this is our first time doing a minute by a movie by minute uh, yeah. format, or whether this movie really is just just constantly sort of you know ramping up in, in new scary directions. Um, yeah, in, in ways it that it seems are, like it has like a lot of a lot of good bookmarks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I constantly am, am as a character in the podcast saying, like, mm-hmm. and this is where it's really starting, and this is where it's really starting, and and now mm-hmm. we're an hour and um, um, you know, an hour and ten minutes almost into it. Like this, this, but this does. You're right. Feel like the mm-hmm. beginning mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, and, and like, I think I have some reasons why, um, uh-huh. and I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that. But like, it, the the scratches on the face, like going back to her transformation, mm-hmm. it. Like all I like I said, all I can see that's different are are those scratches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I guess that just goes to show the magic of like of pacing, of timing, mm-hmm. of editing, of music. Mm-hmm. We got tubular bells coming back. That might have more to do with it than anything else, right? Uh-huh. Because remember, like in our in our last episode, I I said to you, I felt like when tubular bells first came on, I was like, oh, this is where the story begins, mm-hmm. right? And now we got tubular bells making a uh, you know uh, a comeback. And I'm like, oh, this is where like the next act happens, even though like I don't think this is like the demarcation for the next act. Right. But it just seems like the the magic of like storytelling, right, that you can look at Reagan in the previous scene and be like, oh, that poor girl. And then the next uh, scene with Reagan, you're like, yep, that's a demon. Mm -hmm. And all it took were a few scratches. And and of course, I know that it's not just a few scratches. There's also Linda Blair's performance doing uh, a, a lot of the or maybe all of the like the heavy lifting here mm-hmm. um you got the performance you got the new makeup and you got our old friend tubular bells coming back in the background right very very effective yeah speaking of how how we come back to tubular bells you said a callback or what, what do you say it's a comeback or something it's like, like a comeback yeah, yeah yeah you know in music that they, they call it a motif right or a light motif uh-huh. right where, where it's being repeated and then and then there's slight variations and mm-hmm. and then you're um so in a larger like orchestral piece you might have a little bit of um uh, I, again i don't have the musical terminology i'm sorry, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a couple of bars of something that is similar or repeated. Mm-hmm. And then we track the emotional progress of the, um, of the piece overall, yeah. like through the tiny little changes. And that's, yeah. that's basically how film works. You know, film, film is very similar to, to symphony or orchestral pieces mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that. Um, uh, in, in, Keith Johnstone is an author I really like. He has this really mm-hmm. weird book called Impro, which is an improv book. Um, yeah. 
and he talks about reincorporation. That's not his term for it, but but the mm. idea of like by the middle of the of the story, we're not adding new elements necessarily. We're reusing the old elements in different ways. Yeah. So we come back to things, um, uh, and you know, reincorporation, as he says, uh, gives the illusion of narrative. Mm-hmm. So. Um, have I talked? Uh, now we have too many, so many episodes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have I talked about Guardians of the Galaxy on, on our podcast? I don't think so, folks. By the way, okay. So again, right? Um, for both of us, this is Baby's first podcast, right? Yeah. And um, like, I remember listening to other podcasts and them not being able to remember what they said on previous podcasts. I was like, these idiots! How do they not remember? And and here we are, folks. Okay. Um, well, the basic, but no, I'm pretty sure you didn't. You okay, didn't I don't think so. You might remember, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think this is the one of the best examples of reincorporation for me because it feels so meaningful when it when it actually isn't. If you think about it logically. Mm. So at the beginning of the film, Peter Quill is on Earth and he um, he goes to see his mother, or they bring him to see his mother who's dying of cancer. Uh-huh. Oh, you might not have seen this. Oh. Right? Did, did you just spoil it for me? No, 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 no. That's just okay. the premise of the movie. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I just remember from our time on the Marvel movie minute, you haven't seen a lot of these movies. No, 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 no. Okay. So, anyways, he's a little kid, and he gets brought in, and and he's you know he's a little kid, and he doesn't understand his mother's dying, and he's resenting his mother dying. Right. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a very powerful scene, and then uh, his mother reaches out to say, hold my hand, Peter, and he runs away instead. <sighs> and then he runs away and is immediately abducted by aliens. So he never gets to see his mother pass away. Oh, damn. Yeah, you know, that's pretty good for the opening of a, of a Marvel movie. Wow. So then in, so then he's, he's, in this, he's in space and he meets the Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And then in the action climax, they, they have to form a human chain. And mm-hmm. um, I forget why. It doesn't actually matter. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, but they're forming this human chain. And then Gamora is reaching her hand out to Peter. Says, Peter, get, take my hand oh. or whatever. And then Peter um, thinks there's a shot of, um, of uh, Chris Pratt thinking. And then he grabs her hand. And oh. it doesn't mean anything, Lester. <laughs> no. It doesn't mean that he's like he's forgiven himself. For any, it, it just the reincorporation, right? So that basic mm-hmm. reincorporation of that image yeah, yeah. brings you to tears just, uh, just hearing it. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, so just yeah, that that basic reincorporation gives the illusion of narrative. So um, wow. yeah, that's that's why it can be so effective with music specifically of, of hearing this thing again, and and oh. now we're in a totally different place. Oh wow! While you were while you were explaining that, mm-hmm. I was I could not help but think about um, we had just seen uh, everything everywhere all at once. Oh yeah, um, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. um, and my favorite character in there is Deirdre Bobirdra. Um, <laughs> yes, she's the best. Gosh, she is the, she's the absolute best, and um, played by played by the amazing Jamie Lee Curtis, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, but uh, apparently, and I didn't I didn't get this the first time I watched this, and then I watched like a YouTube video explaining it. Mm-hmm. Um, her whole uh, theme, or I guess her motif, is um, Claire de Lune. Um, oh, okay. Uh, is it Debussy? 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 <laughs> Debussy? De- Debussy, you have to say. You Debussy. can't say as, as the kids would say today, Debussy. Debussy? Okay. Well, yeah. So <laughs> that guy. Um, so that plays every time she's on screen, but it plays in different ways. In mm-hmm. Like there's even a there's even a, a, a part where it's like, it's, it's like really, really slow motion and it's people singing and they're like, I love you. I love you. I mm-hmm, love you. Mm-hmm. It's right before uh, Evelyn has to say, I love you. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, oh man, it, it like, I have so much appreciation for, for that because it, got to me without me knowing that it got to me. And then I watched uh, something, uh, someone explaining it and I'm like, aha, Mm -hmm. that's why it got to me. And now I can appreciate it even more. It's, it's not, it's like it, it's like a trick that, after you know how it works, it still doesn't ruin the magic. Uh, right, exactly. Right? <laughs> but yeah, so back to our minute here. So the doc is still speaking throughout all of this. He's been speaking this whole time. Um, and he continues saying, we call it 
somnambular form. Oh my form. God, the whole time? The whole time. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that was just late. <laughs> we have to do that. It's the rule. Yeah. <laughs> Careful listeners might have noticed that I pause. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking. I was thinking too hard. I was too focused. I was like, I, I, I guess he's not going for it. All right. I feel like I've let you down. I guess that joke is worn out. No, like, absolutely not. Keenan just doesn't like that joke. Anymore. Absolutely right. not. I, I love all our recurring jokes. Equally. Okay, okay. <laughs> he listens to the show, folks. He does. Okay, well, um, yeah, but like, yeah. um, Oh, now I'm avoiding saying the whole time. (laughs) Yes, it's too, I've messed it up. Go ahead, say it, say it, say it, say it. It's fine. No, 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 I I was, uh, no, we're keeping all of this in. Um, But yeah, so so he's been speaking throughout this entire uh, like visual journey that we've been going on. Very nice. Um, Yes. (laughs) And and he continues uh, saying, we call it somnambular form possession. So, the first thing that comes up when you search somnambuliform possession is a black metal band. <laughs> and the next thing you find is another metal band. Oh, no. Who's, who's and, stealing from who? <laughs> and then you find links to this scene mm-hmm. in The Exorcist and then articles about actual possession. <laughs> so what I'm saying, folks, is that the internet has failed us in this instance because nowhere can I find a medical condition called somnambuliform possession, no matter how I spell it. Mm-hmm. Which then raises the question, did Blatty make this up? Because it's in the book. It's the, the same thing is in the book. Or did it at one time exist and has since been like re-examined and renamed as a, like a, another type of like somnambulism or is it like completely dissociated with somnambulism or like, or something like that? Like, hmm. is it, it like, it, it would it, would it be like uh, in an old 1973 book? It's like somnambuliform possession. See, you know, this n- more modern term or something like that. I imagine you'd still be able to find it if it were, if it were real. Right. Because the, you know, there's revisions to these things. Like the, I think the most famous one to lay people is the, um, the DSM, right. The diagnostic and statistical manual, which is usually for um, psychi- psychi- psychiatric disorders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and that gets updated um, not all the time, but they're on like five and they're working on six right now. Right. Right. So, um, but like you could still Google and find the old terms for that for sure. Like um, uh, multiple personality disorder, which, we would now call right. DID, uh, a DID, dissociative yeah. identity disorder, right? Yeah, yeah, and then like even being confused with like schizophrenia, which is a, a different thing. Yeah. yeah. So since we had trouble finding it, I, I do, I do lean towards it being something that was um, made up or maybe simplified. Maybe the term is simplified by by Blatty. Mm, okay. All right. Well, folks, um, we've put it out there. Like, if anybody knows, like, somnambuliform possession, like, because uh, it, it, it sounds like it's different from somnambulism mm-hmm. um and but but because i couldn't find anything on somnambuliform possession i just did like a little uh, deep dive in, into somnambulism right. um and so so that somnambulism probably better known as simply like sleepwalking 
Uh, but it covers more than just walking in your sleep. It ranges from like small stuff uh, like sitting up in bed or talking in your sleep to uh, there have been reports of people cleaning the house or even driving cars. Yeah, the story that I heard that I think is is great is that this old lady um, was, was uh, yeah, she was driving in her car and she was driving down the boardwalk, um, <laughs> you know, which is just in her sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and so what they, they had to figure out, how do we do this? Are we going to, you know, tie Nana down or something, which is awful. Yeah. So right, what they right. ended up doing was um, she had to put her keys in a safe that had a, a timer on it. Oh. Yeah, so the timer would, would not open until the morning. Yeah. And I wonder, I don't know if they recorded her, but like I wonder if in her sleep she was like messing with this safe or anything like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There is a, a TikTok account I follow uh, of this comedian who like half of her stuff is like just her doing comedy out in the world. Mm-hmm. And then other half is like she, she like uh, her husband just uh, uh, started recording her sleepwalking because oh, it, like, it freaked him out. Mm-hmm. And and her just like walking around and her eyes are completely open. Right. And and that's like and, and she's walking around uh, like as as if she's like fully awake. Um, but yeah, it, like. I don't know. It, 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 it's, it seems I've, I've never seen it like in real life before. Oh, I, that was, that was scare the crap out of me. And mm-hmm. um, my, probably my favorite comedian right now, at least one of them is Mike Birbiglia. Do you know his work? No, he's, he's great. I think you would like him. They're very long form, um, sometimes more like story sessions. So they're kind of like, you, he does really well, like the moth hour, like kind of storytelling. Okay. That's my um, favorite kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like really kind of low key. Like he's very funny, but it doesn't necessarily feel like he's telling jokes. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one of his pieces, probably the one that made him famous is, is called sleepwalk with me. And it's about him mm. dealing with his sleepwalking and, um, and, you know, trying to deal with it and, and realizing it's a problem, but it culminating in him throwing himself through the window of his uh, second story <gasps> hotel room at the La Quinta Inn, like the Hulk. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Just, just throwing himself through the window and, and landing, you know, a story down with covered in broken glass oh my god like well i think we have a problem (laughs) talking about falling out of windows oh my god Mm -hmm. i guess a a better layman's term rather than sleepwalking would be like sleep doing right right? Uh um because like you're in this weird liminal state where where you're asleep and awake at the same time Mm -hmm. right i think i think we got a lot of those in la especially on the 405 hey So somnambulism, right? The uh, sleepwalking or something like that. That that is in probably the earliest horror movie that people still watch, which is called The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Oh yeah, which is also sort of the first like uh, major German expressionist film that we still watch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the the uh, Dr. Caligari in The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari is controlling uh, Caesar, the somnambulist, and uh, that's played by uh, Conrad Veidt, who is um, uh, the bad guy in Casablanca, but then also is known ah. as like the man who laughs and um, uh, people right. people think of him as like the um the uh, progenitor of the joker right, right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah inspiration for that yeah. yeah so he's a somnambulist and so he's being controlled so there is sort of this link between the idea of sleepwalking and being possessed in movies mm. which also gives us the idea of the the zombie right and the original right, zombie right. before george romero um made the zombie into a reanimated dead person right right yes. so so you might know about that like the original uh, conception of the zombie comes from like voodoo and hoodoo yes. um like west african culture and then um and then when it comes to the caribbean and the zombie is not 
yeah, dead person, the zombie is being possessed by a um, a witch, or I'm not sure of the right term in, in that culture, but right, yeah, possessed Some kind by of like a, magic a magician, yeah. right? Exactly, yeah, and going and doing their bidding, and sometimes they do harm to themselves, right? They're they're controlling them, like it, like our conception of a voodoo doll, right, where we're right. harming that person, but oftentimes we're using the zombie to do misdeeds um, that we don't want to get caught on. Yeah, right. um, I, yeah, I do remember that from like. <laughs> I read a lot of weird uh, books as a kid, but um, yeah, that was that was one of those things. Like in the in the uh, uh, library, you'd have like mm-hmm. you know vampires, ghosts, and werewolves, mm-hmm. and, you know, and you read it, and, and it talks about like the origins of all these uh, of all these monsters. And I remember it, specifically zombies coming from like uh, a voodoo, like shamanism, and, and, right. and stuff like that. And and I don't know, like maybe the book that uh, or the books that that I was reading uh, got it wrong because they kind of mixed it up a little bit. They uh-huh. said that that it was a dead person, but um, um, that uh, they were like ceremonially like worked mm-hmm. on and, and brought back to life and and not like not like the the rampaging George Romero or, or Walking Dead zombies that you see, but kind of just like as slaves or something. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, it could be. Uh, it, you know, I'll I'll have to uh, double check. But like, it sounds like what you're saying is 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 more uh, accurate. Where it's like it's just it's a person who's kind of been um, uh, you know put under a spell. Oh well, let me. I'm sorry. Let me let me clarify what I was saying. I apologize about that. So in the Romero version, you you die and you t- you turn into a zombie through some kind of um, you know no one's no one's doing that to you. Right. But in, yeah. in voodoo, yeah, you are. It is necromancy. It is you are reviving a person who is dead, but it's not you. Someone has to be controlling that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a slave. So I'm sorry. Yeah, I see where I, I was being unclear. Um, gotcha. Okay. There are movies, however, that mm-hmm. that later on use the idea of a zombie, like um, like uh, Jacques Tourneur's "I Walked with a Zombie," where mm-hmm. the main character um, sees a woman. She's supposed to take care of a woman. She's the nurse to this uh, upper class lady, and she's a zombie who is not dead. Ah, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, so I'm sorry. I'm, I'm conflating a bunch of different things, right? No, no, no. I think I think that's you know like uh, you know we as a uh, I think pop culture in general has conflated you know like all of those th- and and like turned zombies into into like uh, almost vampire like creatures. Like yeah, yeah. Talking about you know, nowadays if you said zombie and it was it was from a, a necromancer or a magician people would be like that's not a zombie at all right, right but that's the right. original version of it yeah precisely yeah, yeah so so when they're talking about this is again dr Berenger's um um quote but like primitive cultures etc right quote unquote primitive yeah. right i think that they're talking about zombification which um you know, in anthropology, people would try to find like, okay, like, like, where does this come from culturally? Again, being mm-hmm. a skeptic and not saying like, well, they're actually, you know, reviving the dead or anything like that. that mm-hmm, that's not mm-hmm. possible. But, um, but I think there have been cases where people have, you know, um, oh, I'm trying to be respectful, but like in some kind of mental illness case, like, like, see themselves as zombies. Right. right. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. That, I mean, that goes with. Um, there's a uh, a part in this book right mm-hmm. here uh, where Karis later talks about how, like, the line between uh, you believing something mm-hmm. and it actually being real is actually very thin. Like he talks about he, he talks about a report. I think it was like in Germany where a man believed that he was a werewolf and right. he like he he murdered his family. Oh um, God! And it's like well. He might not actually be a werewolf, but he murdered his family. So, right. you know, it like like it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. It's like if you believe you're this dangerous thing, or let's say like if you believe that you've been put under a spell and are a zombie, or if you believe that you died even though you didn't mm-hmm. and you're a zombie, you're still in that you know zombified state, like right. like cultural and again, it it all goes back to the brain, folks. Our brains, we can we can manipulate our brains into believing anything right um and we can see and hear things that aren't there we can feel things that aren't there it's absolutely nuts 
It's it's you would say mind boggling. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's what they're they're getting at here. Um, you know, thinking mm. about about when they're talking about the again his words quote unquote primitive cultures. I think they're right, talking right. about um, about the disorders where people would think that they are zombified. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Very interesting. Doing things against and, their will, right? Right. Right. And so uh, they're saying that perhaps this is what's what's going on with Ray and right. Um, yeah. Interesting. Um, and. From what I can see, so we're talking about somnambulism, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's uh, it's association uh, like in the past, possibly with uh, with zombification, mm-hmm. right? Um, zombnambulism, maybe. But <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but like from what I can see, somnambulism seems to be the exact opposite of another thing, which has been kind of like misinterpreted, um, like in the past before we knew what it was, uh, called sleep paralysis, which I think right, we're all yeah. kind of like pretty familiar with nowadays, right? Um, and that is when you're still in REM sleep uh, and your body can't move, but uh, part of your brain is still awake while the rest of you, your whole body is shut down for the REM sleep cycle. So you might not know it, folks, but yeah, like your body paralyzes itself mm-hmm. when you're in REM sleep to ensure that you don't like um, get up and, and start acting out your dreams. Like being late um, to the first day of class. <laughs> you would go right, act that yeah. out. <laughs> Terrible. Right. And you just run into your door or whatever, right? right? Um, yeah. And so sleep paralysis your brain kind of puts your body in this like uh, semi-paralyzed state so that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it, you don't get up and, and start doing those things. And sleep paralysis happens when you somehow wake up in the middle of that, um, which is absolutely, it just sounds absolutely terrifying. I've never experienced it before, but um, oh my God, right? I've had one um, instance so- where it happened to me. Really? Yeah, just one, luckily, where, um, where I had my eyes open and I could tell I was awake, but I couldn't move. And I had to, I was trying to like jolt myself oh. awake. And I don't know how long it was, but it felt like forever. Oh my God. I like from, from what I'm reading about, it's so your body is paralyzed, mm-hmm. but you're, you're in REM sleep, which is when dreams mm-hmm. happen. And so your eyes are open and you're seeing your dreams. Yeah, I've had I've had friends explain it to me who have had it that that feel much different than the way I had it uh, where they you know they see a um a uh, sleep paralysis demon or something. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, that's that's kind of like a popular culture thing right. now. It's like, "Oh, that's what my sleep paralysis demon is." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but I've had them I I've, I've uh, yeah, they've they've explained it to me that they see it like in their doorway or what have you. It's really really terrifying. Yeah. Oh god. And I mean, folks, this has now been tied back to so many instances in so many cultures. Um, I mean, we don't even have to go far. We can look at like Salem, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. um, where uh, victims would accuse uh, these, you know, these supposed witches, these quote unquote witches of sending their spirits out to like sit on the victim's chest at night and like choke them or try to suffocate them or something like that. Right. And there's actually there's all of these uh, uh, cultures where there is some kind of monster um, usually, uh, uh, something that like crawls up onto your bed and sits on top of right. you, like sits on your chest to like suffocate you. And what that is, is again, because your body is in this like semi paralyzed state, your lungs, you're not actually breathing, uh, as deeply as you would when you're awake. So your even your lungs are kind of like almost in this like semi collapsed mm-hmm. state, right? You don't take as many deep breaths. So, but you're awake and so you try to breathe in and you can't because your body is shut down. And so, of course, like your brain is going to like create this like monster that's sitting on your chest. Right. And it's just it fascinates me how uh, 
how many different cultures have a mythical monster that does that to you, specifically because of sleep paralysis. Well, I made the mistake as you were talking about Google imaging oh, no. sleep paralysis <laughs> demons. And of course, there aren't any photographs, luckily. No. <laughs> Just drawings and paintings. But uh, I'm going mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to put my phone in a, in a safe with the timer on it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, so sleep paralysis and, but now it, it, they, they both happen. So, so somnambulism and sleep paralysis, uh, happen kind of like in, in different states of sleep, right? So somnambulism or no sleep paralysis happens during REM sleep. So your, your, your mind is awake and you're seeing the dreams that are playing out, Mm -hmm. right? Sleepwalking. And I still can't wrap my head around this happens deeper, like apparently in NREM sleep or non-REM sleep. So your your body is releasing all these hormones and it's repairing itself. Um, and I guess it's not paralyzed, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also not dreaming. You're not dreaming during this time, I guess. Um, I might be wrong. Um, but from, yeah, from what I'm understanding, the roles are swapped. Your body is awake, but your mind is asleep. Um yeah, folks, if anybody out there understands this a little bit better, um, we'd love to to, uh, to hear your explanation. Um, just write in theexorcistminute at gmail.com. We'd love Absolutely. to hear that. But in any case, uh, as fascinating as this is, Keenan, neither of those things <laughs> seem even remotely like what is going on with Reagan. So like, like I can only assume that somnambulism and somnambuliform possession, whatever the fuck mm-hmm. that is, must be two different things because Keenan, if these doctors are suggesting that Reagan is doing all of this stuff because she's sleepwalking, <laughs> well, again, I I think that they're suggesting perhaps that she is in a suggestive state that that she is mm. you know being able to say like I I am I am being controlled by somebody else as a zombie right I, or or, okay. or a um or a possessed uh, demon person so that that right, that, right. so you know. I get to punch my my mom in the face, and I get to not do my homework anymore. Right, I think that's right. what they're what they're suggesting. All right, so so less of less of like, because I can just see them. It's like, well, it looks like this little girl needs a nap. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, doctor. She's already sleeping. Oh yes. Yeah, <laughs> Have you tried warm milk? Uh, or brandy? That's what that's what doctors drink. Um, maybe a stiff story about the way it was around here before the war. <laughs> An old Mrs. Johnson's house. I wouldn't go up there if I were you. <laughs> no. um, yeah. Okay. So it, like in any case, Reagan is now tied to the hospital bed and she is snarling at these doctors and possibly saying things that we can't make out. Um, we cut from that scary close-up of her face and we see a new batch of doctors. Uh, Wait, wait, what did we decide? A, a new country club of doctors. Um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's the collective term. Um, we see this new group of, I guess, uh, Behringer doctors, and they're looking at Reagan with none of the empathy that she got from Klein. They are they are looking at her as if she were a case study of something they have never seen before, which I mm-hmm. guess they haven't. Um, but it's all like clinical looks from these doctors and, and this one nurse in the background, right? It's weird because at first glance, the two male docs look look troubled but somehow i read it more as i can't identify this and it troubles me not like i'm troubled for the girl right right i i was struck by how much they just look like dr klein oh really <laughs> <laughs> just all... like clearly i mean one of them is dr klein i mean but then the yeah. other one is not dr klein so they, they just yeah. look like twins wait wait, wait 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 is one of them dr klein is it not 
<laughs> is the guy on the left not Dr. Klein? I always, isn't that isn't that our our guy, Mister Mister? Uh... Oh my God! So the guy on the left is the doctor from the 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 Behringer Clinic, and the guy on the right is some other doctor. That's what I'm th- wait wait wait. Hang on. Let me let me. See. <laughs> oh God, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so why are they all? Why are they all come out of the same central casting? Right, of, right. Uh, of, you're right. You're right, <laughs> folks. What of we're saying, white guys. What we're saying is not to generalize, um, but all doctors look alike. <laughs> Just, yeah, they're all they're oh all clones of Doctor Klein. They're all Klein clones. <laughs> okay, so I'm right that our that our guy looks like. Dr. No, you're absolutely right. That doctor. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That that this doctor on the left looks like looks like Doctor Klein. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's what they do. You know, when when you become a doctor at the level of of these doctors, you have to be bald you, to, <laughs> right. it, you know it's like it's like those uh those gregorian monks you know you gotta you know shave that little uh top part of your head right <laughs> right um you know um but yeah so it, it, but then like also there's there's a couple other uh doctors here um this lady doctor also seems to have this soft you can't ex- say lady doctor why not <laughs> a lady doctor oh no no i'm no 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 of course this doctor <laughs> No, 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 no. Don't, don't you that's dare accuse saying. me of don't, that. No, no, no. No, that's what I'm saying. Don't accidentally, let's not go past that and have people accidentally think that you, uh, no, no, no. You mean it like that. No, 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 no. Lady of, co- of course I don't mean that. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm trying to differentiate between these, okay, this non-bald doctor. <laughs> right? Hang on. Uh, where, where the hell is it? So I can, so I can, so I can pinpoint her position in this thing. Okay, there we go. Okay, this 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 doctor on the far right, the woman. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, Keenan, the woman. All right, what are you going to say about yeah. her? Then I'll talk. I to can't you. operate on this on this boy because he's my son. How is this possible? <laughs> One of these days, that'll be the easiest riddle in the world, but not yet, folks. Today is not that. Today day. is not that day. Um, but yeah, so so, uh, but she's looking at Reagan, and at first, I was like, oh, you know, she has this like soft, sympathetic expression. But mm-hmm. you look at uh, you look a little bit closer, and it looks like academic curiosity. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one who's different is is the nurse in the back. Um, and she seems to have like the best poker face. Like I couldn't tell if she if she feels for Reagan or she is uh, scared or disgusted. Right. Like she's keeping it all inside. That's again these nurses. They're the ones who are running this thing. Exactly. Right. They you know they 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 don't let their emotions um, mm-hmm. uh, get in the way of their professionalism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So but behind them all, Keenan. Also staring at Reagan, we got a camera mounted up on that wall. And I guess that's the camera whose, whose lens uh, we were looking through, uh, you know, the angle. It, that, right. that seems about right. You know? That's right. Yeah. Now, one of these guys, as, as you have pointed out, uh, I, guess it, I guess it must be, yeah, it's, it's the doc on the far left. Um, he is credited uh, in the x-ray as Dr. Behringer, which at <laughs> right. first I was like, well, that's weird. Like you rarely ever meet people that, uh, that the buildings are named after, but like truth is stranger than fiction and Friedkin is using real people. So, but then I realized, no, he's being credited as Dr. Behringer. So, so they got this guy, Peter Masterson playing mm-hmm. a doctor named Behringer in Behringer clinic. Does like, does that strike you as odd a little bit? That is very odd. I mean, of course, you know, you live at the Clark House and I live at the Diaz House. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, sure, sure, sure. Oh, actually, do you know what I, I call my uh, condo is? I call it uh, Bacon's House. Bacon is my, my cat. Oh, there you go, right? So when I'm talking to my friends or talking to, yeah. to my boyfriend, I say, yeah, come on over to Bacon's House. Bacon's house. We'll have a party, yeah. <laughs> you just pay rent at Bacon's House. Bacon's house <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's... 
I, I didn't believe it. You know, I, I'm done with the X-ray. I'm not going to look yeah. at this Amazon X-ray anymore. It's burned us too many times. I mean, we'll do, folks, not to say like we'll do our best to like do all this research, but uh, that we like it. Trusting this X-ray has mm. has uh, you know, fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me like four or five, six more times. And I'm, you know, we're still going to check it. Yeah. Right. But, but in the communist future where we've over, overturned Amazon, yeah. <laughs> uh, we no longer have the extra, but no, he's, mm. he's, he's listed elsewhere as Dr. Berenger. Yes. Not in the script. They never say his name in mm. the script. He's just called clinic director. So he's the oh. Berenger clinic and foundation director. Mm. And I foundation, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that, that is odd. Um, mm-hmm. That is like uh, Trump calling Tim Cook, Tim Apple. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right? Like, I, I don't know. I, I just never thought of like the owner or proprietor being alive and present unless unless right. it's like a smaller business, like like Bernie's Bagels or or Polly's Pizzeria, right? Like, you know, <laughs> you know, those guys are going to be like around and they're going to be like semi-celebrities in, in the um, in the restaurant, maybe even like the little plaza, right? Like it's expected, like like Mario Brothers plumbing, right? Like- <laughs> You go in there and it's Wario behind the desk and you're like, who the fuck is this? Right? Like one star on Yelp. But actually, actually, Keenan, mm. one star is all they need. But like you had some stuff on uh, on this guy, Peter Peter Masterson. Yeah, Yeah, but now I can't even recognize him when looking at his face. <laughs> <laughs> just going to start talking was, about Barton Heyman. Instead. I thought it was Barton Heyman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, anyways, Peter Masterson, who is uh, is playing Doctor Berenger. Berenger, which is odd, right? So he has an interesting career. I was looking into him. So I I have heard the name several times. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been around in a bunch of theaters, but um, and so uh, theater plays and a bunch of films. But mm. um, he is the cousin of Horton Foote, who is one of the great playwrights. Um, oh. So yeah, he wrote the screenplay for uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Horton <gasps> Foote did, and he um, he won two Pulitzer prizes: The Man from Atlanta, and I can't remember. The other oh no I'm sorry he has two Oscars that he oh. uh, and then he wrote uh, won the Pulitzer for the Man for Atlanta wow. um, so big big deal Southern writer um, etc so Peter Masterson directed one of Horton Foote's um, plays into a movie which is called The Trip to Bountiful which oh. won an Oscar for Geraldine Page so he's a he's a director of some major films um, and then also is a playwright for uh, the book or the musical of the Best Little Whorehouse in Texas oh do you know that one it's it's um, it's most famous for like this uh, the movie version which is uh, uh, Dolly Parton right right um, I haven't seen it but like mm. that's that's a, a name that gets um, you know thrown around um, and, and, and every time they say it I, I I assume they're talking about the movie, not uh, yeah, yeah. You know. It's quite a name, best mm-hmm. little horrorhouse in Texas. For sure, <laughs> yeah. So he has an interesting career where um, you know he's a character actor like this who I am sorry um, just blended together with all the other white white bald doctors, identical to, to Doctor Klein here. <laughs> Right. But I did want to point out that he, he's he been in a bunch of things like In the Heat of the Night as an actor and mm-hmm. then um, had his career as a director and a playwright. And his uh, daughter is Mary Stuart Masterson, who is one of the um, great actors of the early 90s who hasn't had his, but you gasped. So I, I suppose you yeah. know her. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, good. <laughs> She's one of those cases where it's like it's like always tragic. Like people are like, what happened to women like, you know, mm. Mary Stuart Masterson? Right. Because right. she was this this woman in the early 90s who was gigantic and in mm-hmm. all sorts of really important stuff. And then, you know, Hollywood doesn't really support women after a certain age and they sort of right. themselves out because there aren't rules for women yeah yeah but that's her i mean she's the lead in fried green tomatoes and mm-hmm. then you know is is not not as not as prominent anymore yeah, yeah. through no fault of her own i just no, want to no, be no, clear no, about no, that no, right no, right yeah. <laughs> yeah screw hollywood um <laughs> but yeah so uh now 
Reagan slams back down onto the bed and we then cut to an angle, like sort of like down the length of Reagan, Reagan's arm. Um, I didn't realize until watching it again, her arm is sort of like reaching out into the audience as if beckoning. And and yes, like she's murmuring something here through mm-hmm. those like cracked and bleeding lips. And, and as if hypnotized ourselves, we move in closer. The camera moves in closer to that whispering face that's staring intently at what? Again, folks, we got this staring off into the void uh, or at something that we can't see. We're going to start seeing more of this as the demon takes hold. But Remember what I said about how our characters are oftentimes caught staring at nothing or at something that we're not seeing, perhaps on another plane, in another world, right? And of all of our actors, I think Linda Blair is the best at this. Um, When she looks at nothing, you are so curious as to what she's actually looking at, right? Like what she's thinking or even who she is, right? Is this Reagan? Is this Howdy, right? Are they talking to each other right now? Like when, when Linda Blair looks at nothing in this film, she makes you believe that it's it's something. Keenan, I wanted to check in with you. I know there's probably no right or wrong answer here, but what do you think is going on here? Like who is making Reagan's mouth move? What are they saying? What are they seeing? Are they is it two of them talking to each other? Is it just is it Howdy being like, yes, good, good, right? Or is it Reagan being like, I want to get out of here? Like what what do you think? I think we I could be wrong, you mm-hmm. know, when we look at minutes in the future, but I think I think Reagan is gone, right? And this is all mm. howdy. That's that's what I think is going on. What I do see. you think? That's what I was thinking too. I I almost kind of saw it as so when she's shouting at the doctors, I think it's howdy shouting at the doctors. Mm-hmm. And and Reagan is like completely gone. Yeah, I think um, she's completely gone, yeah. Yeah. And then we get this shot She's lying down and she's staring at nothing and she's sort of like murmuring and whispering. I think that's also Howdy. And Mm -hmm, he's doing mm -hmm. this thing because he does this in the book. He kind of like soothes Reagan and he like quiets her down. He's like, shh, shh, you know, like just relax, right? It's 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 not as as kind as I'm I'm (laughs) making it's it's very disgusting and disturbing. Um but not that she's just a vessel, that she's still in there. Right. That's that's what I that's the feeling I get from the book is that Mm -hmm. sometimes he like talks to her and and, but this feels like he like he's the vessel or she's just the vessel to me. Oh okay. So so he's like whispering like it's almost time or something like that. Oh I don't I don't know. I don't know if he's talking to her. Why would you have to talk to her out loud if you if you are in control of her no 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 I'm like like so I'm saying what you think is going on is he's whispering like maybe to himself he's like yes yeah soon, very yes. soon right yes that's what i would assume mm. he, he seems like a talker he seems like someone to, you put him in a room by himself and he can't help but but saying things right right yeah you leave you leave captain howdy alone in a room you know as a as a, like a psychological te- you know let's get a psychological profile on captain howdy right? <laughs> yeah you leave me alone in a room with no stimulation and uh, you know and and mm-hmm. after a while i just sing animaniacs list songs <laughs> <laughs> United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, Republic, Dominican, Cuba, Caribbean, Greenland, El Salvador, too. <laughs> and then we we intersplice that um, that grainy black and white footage of you singing that to it's like it appears to be a, ki- a type of disorder. We call it somnambuliform um, uh, animania. Uh, <laughs> but no, like 
all that to say, like this this shot right here is really really effective, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think I think uh, uh, Reagan is is gone. This is Captain Howdy, and Captain Howdy is is whispering and 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 babbling, um, using uh, uh, Reagan's Reagan's mouth, right? Right, which is just like, Ugh, like, uh-huh. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, now all the while that this is going on. Our Dr. Berenger is talking. He can, like, he's still talking. He continues saying, uh, quite frankly, we don't know much about it at all. Right. Isn't that just like the last thing that you want to hear <laughs> from, like, like from a doctor? Like, like on one side, you feel validated because like, like you're, you're like, ha, I was right. You right. thought you knew what this was with your degrees and your little lab coats, but you don't, right? Like I've, I've brought you a problem that you can't solve. But then like on the other side, you're like, you know, you go to Behringer Clinic um, and Foundation, and Foundation, and and Doctor Behringer himself <laughs> is telling you that he's stumped. Like Keenan, on a smaller scale, we've all had this experience. I'm sure. Like at one point in our lives, we have all gone to some tech guy at work or some genius at the Apple Store, right? Like with with a problem that that we know isn't going to be fixed by the first three or four things that they suggest. Why? Because we've already tried those things before. <laughs> and we drove all the way out here to this fucking mall just to mm-hmm. just to, to have some blue-shirted son of a bitch suggest them again as if they weren't the first things that we tried before coming <laughs> out here only to have them scratch their heads and say, wow, it's never done this before. And you're like, ha, that's <laughs> right. But then you're like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Have you tried not being a total asshat with technology? Yeah. <laughs> I've tried that. <laughs> no, but this this is a little bit different than a genius because this is, as you say, <laughs> the Dr. Barringer. This, this would be like Mr. Apple. <laughs> Tim Apple. This would be Tim Apple <laughs> telling you that he doesn't know how to fix your iPhone. <laughs> or if I go to Carl's Jr. <laughs> and the guy behind the counter has a name that says Carl. On yeah. It, right. Carl Sr. even. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, you got my order wrong. And they're yeah. like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> Your father would be so disappointed. <laughs> so our Dr. Berenger here is truly stumped, right? All he can say is that it might have something to do with a conflict or a guilt, which must ring some alarm bells, right? Like, I, I think we talked about it in a previous minute. Like, but as we watch this, I'm constantly trying to discern, like, when does the thought enter Chris's mind? Like, you mm-hmm. almost imagine it must have done so off screen. Or, or wait, am I rushing ahead here? Like, has Chris not put two and two together yet, do you think, right? Because we have that right. that um, um, Kinderman scene coming up, right? So- right. Like, like here, the doc says guilt and maybe Chris thinks divorce and not Burke, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so our doc continues, right? Um, he says it leads to the patient's delusions that his body has been invaded. I like how he's saying, like he's talking about Reagan, but he's still saying his. Yeah, that's what they used to do back then. Right. Like it, it was, he got this straight from a textbook, dude, and you can't even, you can't even change it to hers. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, they used, I, I've read some pieces from, from about this time period of the mid seventies or so and, and um, of people, yeah, like, like refusing to say his or her. Mm-hmm. And now, now you know, we saw a similar transition where people started saying they, which is just easier than him or her. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like the indefinite they, right? Yeah, yeah. And folks, and folks, any, anybody, anybody who's still hung up about that, we did that before this 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 big change. Oh, absolutely. Right, All, right. We've, we've been doing that. 
but yeah, I, I'm so I'm, I'm even taking it away from like trans issues or LGBTQ issues, right? Like, like they is just is just a very helpful yeah. term, and we say it all the time. Who, yeah, you're going to go um, to the doctor, and they're going to tell they're going to prescribe you. Like we've, right. we've been saying that. Yeah, someone lost their wallet. Oh, is there ID in it? Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's very very easy. Did uh, they anyways, find it? Yeah, did they find it. I hope yeah. I hope they're okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But uh, but anyway, so like I, I've read um I re- like completely unrelated to language. Like so, like I read a film textbook, and there's mm-hmm. a prologue about like I am not going to give in to this new change of saying his or her it's so clunky <laughs> like wow. we yeah i'm just gonna say in english we just say his and that's just the way it is <laughs> and like like you're using like two or three pages of space at the beginning of your textbook Whoa. to say this yeah wow that's so i mean like people were so so people were getting all uppity about that yeah about this, that change again this isn't a this wasn't a like english language textbook or something or a composition textbook this was right. just a, a film criticism textbook from the 70s wow and as and as as recent as the 70s folks yeah yeah that 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 always fascinates me just like mm-hmm. the i mean i guess yeah mark twain said it right like history doesn't repeat itself but it does rhyme right mm-hmm. right and you can see you can see all of these echoes just kind of like you know uh, all along the timeline right and mm-hmm. uh, that's that's really really fascinating slightly comforting and also um discomforting at the same time right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like oh my god we're gonna be doing this forever um <laughs> but yeah so uh, like our, our uh our, like i said our doc continues right he says it leads to the patient's delusions that his body has been invaded by an alien de- alien intelligence mm-hmm. and folks i know we keep breaking up this doctor's speech it's because so much is going on as he's speaking so much is um going on visually right we got the outside shot of the clinic right we got reagan thrashing around on the bed and now we got ellen burst and sort of like taking it all in, like literally we see her first. She's taking this like deep breath, almost as if the mm-hmm. whole time, right? The, 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 the whole, whole time. time. <laughs> yeah, you know. oh, I was, I was on top of that time. <laughs> <laughs> should mark these in red maybe. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's almost like the whole time that she she hasn't been breathing, right? Mm-hmm. She licks her lips again as if she has been in a trance, right? Listening to this doc unload all this stuff and now her mouth is dry, right? And then she closes her eyes and sort of like regathers herself before mm-hmm. looking back up again. Again, like Chris is trying so hard not to lose it in front of these doctors. Mm-hmm. Um now we cut from there to a shot of our Dr. Berenger, and we realize that it was him speaking this whole the, me, the whole time. Dr. Dr. <laughs> oh God, now I'm jumping the gun. Now you jumped the gun. Okay. <laughs> Let's try that again. And we realize it was him speaking the whole time. The, 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 the whole, whole time. time? <laughs> <laughs> and I just wanna people are gonna get like that's that's the email that we get, Keenan. It's like we stop with the Sally oh, Field oh, stuff. No, I doubt that very much. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're going to write in and we don't do it. If we it's like you do it more than the Mrs. Doubtfire minute. Come on. <laughs> well, there isn't a Mrs. Doubtfire minute, I don't one. think. Oh, no. so, mm-hmm. Might be, uh, I don't know, just put that in our back pocket. Okay. Um, evidence, uh, minute 69. Uh, Exorcist <laughs> Minute folks said they were going to do it. Um, <clears throat> and I just want to say before we move on how much I appreciate the uh, the economics of the shots uh-huh. in this minute. Like, like he's been talking this entire time up to this point, a full 30 seconds, and we've been treated to all of these amazing shots, right? Like that are telling us a a parallel story, right, is, is the best way I can put it. And our brains are able to yeah. take in both of these stories at the same time. Right. Um, we, we could just as easily have had all of that stuff happening before or after his speech and, and then just train the camera on Peter Masterson for his mm-hmm. big monologue. But no, we're melding it together in this way that I really love. 
It, it, it saves so much time. Um, and it, it, it doesn't save time explaining it. I just spent more time talking about it, but there you go. But we cut from there to a wide shot and we finally see the room. I feel like that's another thing, like another trick, like withholding the size and the shape of the space until after we've already like been in there for a while, right? Is that a common enough thing to where they like maybe have a name for it or a purpose, like to evoke a um, feeling? There must be. Um, yeah, the typical strategy, right, is to start wide and, and then get closer. Right. Um, I, I think that's so um, – so inherent that there's not a term for that. There might be one for going the opposite direction. It yeah. seems to be what Friedkin and the editors prefer to do. Yeah. Like I, I get this feel like I can see like um an old like film noir, like or some kind of like like mafia movie, mm-hmm. and it's just a close-up of two guys' faces and is like, you know, so so we're in agreement, yes. Mm-hmm. And we have a deal, yes. And then we get the wide shot and it's they're in like some abandoned where where warehouse, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, one of them says, make it happen or something like that. Right. Like, but like this whole time that they've been talking the whole time, the whole time, um, we just see their faces and we don't know the space, uh, Mm -hmm. like, uh, the, the environment of, of, uh, of their, of, of where they are. And then the very last shot is like, we see where they are. Like I've seen that a hundred thousand times. It it must be there. There's gotta be a name for it or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'd love to hear it if there is. Yeah. Yeah. Now the feeling I got and maybe this is intentional, maybe not. Again, maybe I'm I'm reading too deeply into this. But so when the doc is talking, we get this montage that ends with a medium shot of him. Right, mm-hmm. that's what it comes around to. He's he's big on the screen in the movie theater. He would be huge, right? right? Speaking with authority, right? And then we cut from there to a wide shot of the room and a whole crowd, a, a whole country club of doctors right. and little Chris McNeil. Very small on the screen, surrounded by these white coats. You even got like two on either side of the room leaning against the wall like guards, right? Mm-hmm. And behind her even, the secretary, right, guarding the only exit. Chris is trapped. She is tiny. And that's when the movie has her speak. And even her voice is like echoey in the way that the doctor's wasn't, right? The doc had a mic trained on him and we heard his voice loud and clear. But for Chris, the room is literally distorting her voice. Right. That's got to be a conscious decision, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. You couldn't do that uh, by accident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So she says, so she speaks. And again, it's very echoey. It's very small. It's very tiny, right? She says, look, I'm telling you again, and you better believe me. Right. And this is this is more like Chris McNeil power. Right. Mm -hmm. Like this is the same tone that she used in the past that made us like lean back like, whoa, she's serious. Right. And in another scene in the house, we'd be shaken in our boots. But in this big echoey room with all these doctors, it's so sad. It's so ineffective. Her voice is being drowned out by an ocean of like silence and indifference. Mm hmm. And she finishes. She says, I am not going to lock her up in some goddamn asylum. Now, immediately, the doc tries to correct her. And this I found disheartening as well, right? Because you expect the doc, all the docs to be like, oh, no, 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 no. Miss McNeil, heaven forbid, we're on the case. Not to worry. We're, we're going to find out what's wrong with your daughter. But he doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. Like by trying to correct her. And saying, well, it's not an asylum because that's what he was going to say <laughs> Right. if she hadn't interrupted him. By doing that, he's basically confirming her fear right. that they are giving up. And that's when I realized like this meeting with all these doctors, 88 come to find, this meeting is not like it, – it's not a huddle. It's not like them being like, okay, on to the next plan. Here's what we're going to do. That's not what this meeting is. This meeting is them saying, we're done. 
Mm-hmm. There's nothing we can do. We got to take your daughter away from you because we've exhausted all other options. Keenan, I didn't realize until this viewing that that's what this is. They're signing off. Like how else, how else is this meeting going to go? They got nothing. If not for the next thing that happens, they probably, they probably got the van parked right outside ready to take <laughs> Reagan away. Right. I didn't even realize that until now. And it's and like, it's not like, it's not like, sorry, we can't help you. We're going to leave you and your daughter alone now. It's mm-hmm. more like, sorry, we can't help you, but you've given us your daughter. And the best thing for her, in our opinion, is that she is put away. Holy shit. Right. And, and again, it's not an asylum. It's a, it's a spa. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the van has uh, asylum, but it's crossed off really right. easily. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> Reagan McNeil's spa. didn't even bother spa. to paint it over. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's expensive. <laughs> It says Reagan McNeil spot. Um, that's a really interesting idea that this is the end of the road here. I think that's very interesting because yeah. um, I'm of two minds of the way that this scene is laid out because it's her at this big table. And, and you're right. It is intimidating. At the same time, it is set up differently than Dr. Klein's office, which is like I'm on one side of the table and I'm, I'm giving you all this, um, all these um, diagnoses and you're just sitting there and taking it right. Like I'm mm-hmm. doling out that like she kind of has a spot at the table, right? Yeah, I can see that now. It's almost like a board meeting, like she's the CEO, maybe, or something. Yeah, and she's she's not quite at the head of it, or, or you know, there is no head of it, right? Like, right, right. And, and it also is the first time that we see doctors who were women, you know, a handful mm-hmm. of them, and doctors who are black and Asian mm-hmm. or Latino or something, right? And, yeah, yeah. And like, it's it's as the kids say, it looks like a little more like America, not all yeah. the way, but um, some have two minds of it. But but as you're saying, yeah, this is being sort of a um, the end of the road. Uh, you know, they're in this sort of you around her, as you point out, and it's like it's like she's looking at like a dead end or like a cul-de-sac mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. yeah 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 um and so like yeah like actually uh thank you for for uh bringing up that interpretation i never mm-hmm. thought of it that way mm-hmm. um yeah like for me i saw it as like she is she is being surrounded, told right. yeah she is surrounded and being mm-hmm. told like this is it right right that's um, what i mean is that they're trying to make it feel like like oh this is a welcoming place but it's still the same old stuff yeah yeah uh and and so yeah folks when she, when when the doc says sorry as if he's like inconvenienced her. Like mm. I am, I am right there with Chris. I'm like, fuck you, sorry. Like, and and yeah, her her raising her voice is completely justified, a hundred percent. Like I'd be I'd be throwing things at this doctor, right? They'd have to put both of us away after this meeting, right? <laughs> but but Chris McNeil is not me, thank God. And <laughs> and she is able to once again rein in her again completely justified emotions. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't even know if it's if it's raining in so much as like like petering out, right? right. Like she's, she's tired. Like she's just, she's tired. But not so tired that she's going to be like, okay, take her to the spa. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'll see her next weekend, maybe. Give her, give her a mani-pedi, whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but now, yeah. So from here, we get an over-the-shoulder shot uh, of Behringer. This is, this is Chris's uh, over-the-shoulder. But like I said- over like, Chris's shoulder. Over Chris's shoulder. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, but like I said, she's so tired that she can't even stay in the frame, mm-hmm. right? Like her head drops down out of frame. Um, and then uh, she sort of sits uh, up and back in her seat. Um, now, meanwhile- uh, our doc has this this little look. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have missed it. Go back if you did. His eyes flick up to the other docs in the room for a split second, and then he looks solemnly down. Mm-hmm. And he's got this great, serious, sad doctor uh, frown as he turns away. And I don't, I don't know how much of this is like an act. Like, yes, yes, I'm considering something here. And this, you know, uh, like, or is this him like? genuinely girding himself because the next thing that he says is the craziest, <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> nuttiest, 
most batshit fucking thing that he could possibly say. But we're going to have to wait until the next minute to hear what that is. Yeah. Prepare it, yourselves, folks. It could it could lose him his life. Not only lose him his license, maybe, yeah. but like, like his wife will leave yeah. him. He's going to have to get in that spa van himself. <laughs> Right, Dr. Berenger or Mrs. Berenger. Did you hear what Dr. Berenger said at the yeah, clinic? Yeah. He said, he said, what? Yeah. <laughs> As a joke? No. As, no, no. He Not was very at all. serious about very it. Very serious. He had it written down in his uh, his, his agenda his, meeting, uh, his, oh, his minutes for the meeting. <laughs> Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> Underlined a few times. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of minutes. Okay, yeah. So for this minute, that's that's all I got. Keenan, um, have you got anything else for this minute? No, I think we got it. Folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I've been Lester Ryan Clark. You can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz, and you could reach me on Instagram and Letterboxd as Howdy Keenan. Yep. We got our listener group, Compelling Conversations. Go check that out and request to join, and we'll let you in here with us. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who has uh, shared uh, the show uh, by word of mouth or on social media. And a big thank you to everyone who's given us a five-star rating on iTunes uh, or Spotify or wherever you you listen to our show. Um, We really, really appreciate it. That's going to help our little podcast grow and find more cool people like you. Um, All right, Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time, the the power power of zombies zombies compels you. Lester, Lester might say, Gaines, Jim Gaines. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see, folks, this time Keenan mentioned it. <laughs> but no, when I do go to the gym, I sometimes do feel like a zombie because I'm like, because, you know, like you take that like pre-workout stuff and you're just mm-hmm. like, you know, you and you wake up at 5 a.m. because that's the only time you can do it because you've got a job and you've got a passion that you work on like a podcast. <laughs> Look at me. My life is so rich. I have so much to be grateful for. Man. <laughs> yeah. So, Gains. so yeah. So 5 a.m. And I'm, and I'm just like checking into the gym and I'm like, <laughs> biceps and triceps. <laughs> Don't forget leg day. Never skip leg day. <laughs> As I'm shuffling out. That's another, that's another zombie walk when you're, uh, no, oh, that's yeah, those, the leg day. Yeah, those no, that's that's the um those zombies in Walking Dead that that uh don't have any legs. <laughs> and they're just crawling on the floor. That's that's what you are after leg day. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah.